Charlie Brown 642. And we are here talking tonight on the Billboard Moon podcast about Hell, Hell House, House LLC. LLC. Why did you do that in unison with me? Because I thought it would be better. <laughs> Crackhead. So Hell House LLC is a mockumentary documentary, found footage yeah. kind of hybrid thing, which I like. Yeah. Um, based, in, based on a haunt that supposedly went down in 2009, completely fictional, of course, but um, this movie came out in 2015, and it does have a found footage style, so it's really like, I don't know, I like it. Yeah, I like the found footage style because it's like, you know, it's like the image, something about the amateur uh, type of footage film uh, gives it a bit of realism, I guess, to make, to add a little bit more spook to add a bit of more spooky to it? I think a lot of found footage films can go the wrong way with it. That's or, true. Or I think it really just depends on the found footage and the filmmakers. Yeah. But I think they did a really great job with this one. I remember the first time I watched it, I was very, like... Like, it, it catches you pretty quick. Yeah. Some of the Some of the acting of the documentation people, like the people being documented... Some of their acting is a little cheesy. Yeah. But like, the main cast... The main cast, uh, which is five people, mm -hmm. uh, it is Sarah, Alex, Paul, Tony, and Mac. I love Mac. Mac is the man. I would uh, marry Mac. <laughs> Mac, come find me. Sweep me off my feet. 100% a hero. <laughs> Sweep me off the stairs of Hell House. I'll, I'll go to hell with you, buddy. <laughs> So these five are running the Hell House LLC, and they are looking for their next location to create their big haunted house attraction. Okay, not quite correct. So that's the part you've missed, which this is, we're doing non-spoilers first. I forgot to tell you that. Okay. Yeah, so no spoilers yet. So, so that's the baseline of the story, is these five people are trying to set up this haunted house, weird things happen. This crew is documenting um, basically everybody's opinions on what happened, and that's where, like, you take place in the like where you get inserted into the story. Um, this crew is trying to figure out like, they, it's kind of like a mystery. Like they're trying to figure out what happened, try to get people's opinions on what happened. Since nobody knows what happened, you're like. They probably won't figure it out, and I don't think they do in the end, uh, my personal opinion. And then I think the sequels kind of confirm that. But this documentary crew does not figure out what happened. Um, however, they accidentally get sucked into the story because of what they're doing. Um, and that kind of, um, kind of is where you start is this documentary crew is like, what the fuck happened here? Everybody's like, I don't know. And then one of the Hell House LLC members, so one of the people who's running the show, steps forward and decides to talk to them and hands over these tapes. And that's when you start piecing together kind of what happened in Hell House. So, I, like I said, I think it's really good. I think it's atmospheric. I think there's some good scares in it. 
Um, I think the story is interesting, and the main actors are fun. Even Charles is like, oh, that one guy is like a scumbag. But even him, he's fun to watch. Like, they're all very well-acted characters that seem very well-fleshed out. They have their roles in the movie. They play them very well. Yeah, and they know what they're doing. Um, that's, That's my take on it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good too. I did I did think that they were all they were all pretty done pretty well. Just the main cast, I would say. I think the ending of Hell House, like the Hell House part, not the movie, but the Hell House tapes is like a little disappointing cuz like I said you you don't really get to see what happens in the basement and that was the big mystery and that's what I wanted to know is what the fuck happened in the basement and what, I wanted to see that. Yeah, what happened down there? But you don't really get to see that until like the sequels and even then I don't think it shows you. I can't quite remember. It's been a hot second. Yeah, it's it's very open-ended. Yeah, so, um, which is fine. Um, Maybe I just... think the ending of the whole movie is really good and really fun because um, it kind of keeps up with that mystery and it doesn't give too much away, but it's still creepy enough, the ending, that, like, I wasn't disappointed with that. I just, my only complaint really is kind of the corny documentary people, people yeah. being documented. But then also, my biggest complaint is probably, I didn't get to see what happens in the basement. What happened in that basement? And that's, yeah, like, why did Joey run out? What the fuck? Like, you see a little bit of that. Yeah. But not a ton. But, yeah, yeah, it's, you don't, you just see, you just see what happened when he ran out, and that was it. Yeah, and I would say that does not detract from the movie to the point where, like, don't watch it. I'd, I'd say it's definitely worth a watch. I would say it's worth a watch. I, it's a lot of fun, even if it's not, like, scary scary. There's some good, like, set-up scares, though. It's not like, ooh, jump scares or anything like that, really. It keeps the tension. I also like the inserts of, like, the documentary crews, like, cut findings. I love that stuff. Because yeah. it's, like... It's kind of like a murder mystery, like some kind of investigation discovery kind of shit, but like not really. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to get into the spoiler parts. All right, spoilery stuff. Yeah. Okay, so as I said earlier, as we said earlier, uh, so uh, tragedy happened at this haunted house. Tragedy. Yeah. Uh, 15 people died. They keep calling it a malfunction. A malfunction for some reason. What malfunction? Nobody knows. Everything's all hush-hush. The government doesn't want anyone talking about it. I wouldn't say the government. I would just say, like, the local... The local government, Yeah, I would say. And I think it's because, like, if you watch the whole movie through and you look back, you're like, yeah, they don't really know what happened either, which is why they don't tell anybody what happened, because, like... How do you explain this? (laughs) Yeah, they can't really, like, can't really say anything. (laughs) It's like, I don't know. Like, I wish I did know. Yeah. It's like, who... Like, we want to know what happened in that damn basement. It's not even, like, some weird, like, color out of space shit where you have to describe some kind of fucking alien that's fucked things up and you're like, it was just a color, but I don't understand, but th- that is what happened. No, no, it's not like that. It's just they genuinely are like, we-, we don't understand what happened. Yeah. There's, like, no way to understand. There is no way to understand. People were hurt. People died. We don't know what happened. Yeah. Uh, and they talk about how uh, one of the people who got out of there, like, they posted a video up online and they were like this is what happened and even that doesn't show show you much because you know they got out they weren't inside when it happened yeah and there's some cool like stuff that adds to the mystery right at the beginning of the movie which is what sucked me in because i was like eh, maybe this movie's gonna suck blah 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 like you never know because everybody has different tastes but 
the mystery of it sucked me in because I was like, I want to know what the fuck happened there. Yeah. Because it's really like, like they, they give you these like little pieces that you can nibble on and you're like, oh, and you think maybe I can figure this out and you fucking can't. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but it's great. Like it's in a good way. Because if it's too easy to figure out, then it makes for a less entertaining movie. Yeah. And if you make it, if you make it like so far out there, it's not, you're like, okay, that's stupid. And it's not like it was like aliens happened. Like if they had pulled that. Yeah. That I'd it would have it would It would have been ridiculous. But thankfully they didn't go that route. No. I mean, there is a story and there is an answer that you can kind of piece together if you watch it a couple of times. I've watched it like seven or eight times. Sometimes I'll just put it on and have it on the background because it's just a familiar movie that I like. Um, so I've seen it several times. Charles has only seen it once. Yeah, and that was just a little while ago before <laughs> filming this, before yeah. recording this. Yeah, so, um, basically the storyline is, and this is, like, me not talking even about the movie story, like, the movie line, I guess, but, like, the story behind the hotel. Yeah. So this town is called Abaddon, and the hotel was originally called the Abaddon Hotel, and in some versions of the Bible, I don't, I didn't actually research this to see if it was correct, but in some versions of the Bible, Abaddon is the name of the demon that guards the gates of hell. Okay. So the owner of this, the original, like, proprietor of the hotel had the hotel built in Abaddon because he, he was a Satanist and yeah, he did. Yeah, he was a big fan of Satan. Yeah, I love that guy. He did. Um, <laughs> as, as, I was going to say as you do, but not really. Yeah um doesn't end up well um so this guy named andrew tully is his name that's his name he's got this abaddon hotel and people check in and they go check out but everything he can prove that they leave quote unquote prove i mean back yeah. then it's like proof because it's like here's her signature she said she checked out yeah this is but like, he, no one like knows the where early... they went so obviously they didn't fucking check out yeah it's like the early 80s like the late 80s or something like that I don't know. What? No, that happened in, like, the 50s. Oh. Or 40s or some shit. Okay. Yeah, no, way earlier than that. And then he hung himself in the 70s or something like that. Uh, 1989 is what it said, actually. Okay. That's, so that's what I was thinking. He had the hotel He had the hotel for years, but, like, eventually the disappearance... And they only mentioned two. Yeah, which is a mom and her daughter. But they're, like, the disappearances, as in there's, like, tons of them. So that's one thing with these this movie series is information gets kind of convoluted and then like some of it kind of gets redacted or remade or reimagined. It's kind of frustrating. Um, like how like how long has he been doing this? Does he have like any like what did he do to them? Like does he have any like how large how large is his guest list? Yeah, and then the other thing is like some of the sequences aren't timed out right. I don't think. Where yeah. I'm like, this could not, like, flow of time have happened in this time. Yeah. With the way the filming is set up. But anyway, all that aside, it's still a good movie, but um, this Andrew Tully guy, supposedly satanic cult dude, people go missing in his hotel, the disappearances eventually hurt, damage the, you know, the reputation of the hotel so bad he has to close down, but instead of just closing down, he hangs himself in the dining room. And then everybody didn't want to touch it after that because they found a bunch of satanic shit there. Um, so then the Hell House people come along and this is the line Charles didn't quite get. So like all this stuff is happening to the Hell House people. You know, they start living in this hotel 
this abandoned hotel to make it their haunt, and stuff starts happening. People start waking up in the middle of the night. Um, All that fun stuff. This clown that's head doesn't move starts moving, and the clown itself just, like, will randomly be in different places. And there's, like, a scene where one of the members wants to leave. It's Tony wants to leave, and Mac goes after him, and Mac explains to him, and it's never, like, clear-cut, like, this is the answer to why Tony has to stay, because Tony's like, fuck it, I'm out. Like, I'm not living in this shit anymore. That's stupid. You know, Paul is fucked up. This whole situation is fucked up. I'm leaving. And which, Mac goes out. Which, to be fair, smart decision, wanting to back out of oh, a no. situation like that. They should have backed out. A while ago. Forever ago. <laughs> like, at this point, you're like, it's crazy that Alex doesn't want to back out. And that's when you kind of get, like, okay, something like possessive possession is kind of going on there, you think? Yeah, like obsessed, obsessed with something. Almost. Yeah. But I think at the same time, it's one of those things where he's like, this would be too terrible for me, so I don't want to believe it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, kind of like sticking your head in the sand sort of a situation, because what Mac implies to Tony is that all of their money collectively as a company is in this building. So, meaning that if they back out now, they're basically bankrupt. Yeah. And they won't be able to... No one will get paid. Yeah. No one will get paid. Nobody will be able to do anything. Yeah. And they could that could get them in some serious legal issues, so it's like, you know, oh, crap. <laughs> I guess I'm stuck with this. I wouldn't say legal issues. I'd say financial straits. <laughs> Which could end up with legal issues. You never know. <laughs> but anyway. Okay. But yeah, so Alex tied up, without telling anyone or asking anybody else, basically, he tied up all of their company's money in this one building. Okay. And so it's kind of like American Horror Story, the first season, where he's like, we have money, it's just tied up in this house, we have to sell this house. For them, it's, we bought this place, and all of our money is tied to this place, so this has to be a hit, or we're fucked. Yeah. Um, so, that's why Tony's like, yeah, okay, I guess I'll stay. Um, but that happens kind of later in the movie, but that's why they say everybody has different reasons for staying, and they're, the one guy kind of, like, goes over them. Like, he's like, you know, I think Alex was his own worst enemy. Alex didn't want to leave because all of his money's tied up in this building, so he's gonna deny 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 that shit's happening because he's got to make money off of this or he's fucked yeah sarah's his wife so not wife his girlfriend his girlfriend and then mac is his best friend since childhood plus his business partner yeah and then uh paul and tony were two of his first hires yeah so, so they kind of just have like a special bond the five of them yeah and this is actually not their first uh haunted house attraction that they built not their first rodeo yeah no and it goes over that in the movie like like i said everybody's really well fleshed out and you understand like oh this is what they do for a living they do it together they they have good friendship moments yeah like there's a bar scene where they're sitting there and they're talking about uh the haunt and uh where is it in queens 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 Queens. they talk about lucifer lucifer's cabin and how he's got like a really thick accent the guy who played lucifer and he's like yeah welcome to lucifer's cabin <laughs> you're like what <laughs> lucifer is a new yorker everybody confirms <laughs> but yeah um so this isn't their first time but essentially uh they are stuck with this and so what ends up happening is uh paul paul actually goes missing for a couple of days mm-hmm. and so uh when they do end up finding him he's like catatonic and he's not responsive to anything yeah 
And they, it's really weird. One of the things that I, I'm like, there's more actors here, obviously, but they only focus on like three of them. And by actors, I mean... The main cast. No, no, no. no. I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's not what I mean. Because the actors for the Hell House house. Yeah. So like, in, in the movie, they are, the, the Hell House people hire actors to act in their haunted house. So that's what I mean when I say actors. So they they have like 10 or 15 actors working at Hell House, but you only see like four of them. And the four you see are like uh, the lady out front, the lady who gets chained up in the basement, and then... Joey. The guy guy who's with the lady in the basement. And... He's kind of down there to like be part of not only the set, but also to keep an eye on uh, his... uh, co-worker to make sure like you know nobody tries anything he's like a big dude so yeah and it's it's really like um it's really weird because like i said you don't really get to understand what happens in the basement yeah you just know there's blood she's freaking out joey joey said joey joey said fuck this shit i'm actually the worst he just fucks off immediately Yeah, you feel bad for his for his coworker because like they have her, like part of her role is that she's a damsel in distress, and she's chained up literally. So it's like Joey and has, he has the, the key. key. Joey has the key, and he just fucked right off out of there from the basement. They look she's over. Like, no, they, no. They look over. There's this strange man standing there in a dark cloak, and he's immediately like, "Fuck that! I'm out." Seriously, like what? Why would you do that? I can't. I can't believe you've done this. And you don't really get to see like their the faces of the people in the cloaks. You get like one shot, and it's kind of like like a zombie demonic shit. Like face sunken in, like all gray, and no, you see like like weird meat veins, like 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 their faces, but yeah, and. It's just weird because, like, you don't really get to see much of that. And I understand budget constraints. I mean, this is a found footage film. Usually why you go with found footage is so you can forego things like crazy special effects and stuff like that. Yeah. And they do a really good job, for the most part, of not using... Like, not having shitty effects. Yeah. And then, like, not... Like, they don't really need much effects, which is good. And they the ones they use aren't that... Like, they're not shitty. I mean, if you look at, like, Jaws, like, the reason why Jaws was so effective was because you didn't see that much of the shark because it was always screwing up on set behind the scenes. Yeah, and they kind of understood that concept of, like, less is more. Like, one of the scariest things, for sure, is one of the... The dummy clown. Oh, yeah. The dummy clown. And I, I love... The scene that got me the first watch was the scene where Paul... So, Paul's function is to help Tony... And help with the setup, but he's also filming everything per Alex's command, which is why these tapes exist. So, Paul is like, he's like, hey, Mac, where's Tony? And Mac's like, I don't know, Tony's around here somewhere. He's like, where's Alex and Sarah? And he's like, they went to the city to get shit. And he was like, oh, okay. So, he goes through a couple of rooms, and then he turns the corner that leads, like, to the... To, to the, the basement. Yeah, it's like the the, the loft... Like- it's like, the, the landing for the basement. Yeah, it's like in the bar area or the dining area, I'd say. So, anyway. so um, I just gave Charles a look like, why does that matter? Anyway, so he goes and there he turns and it's like, like I said, the landing to the basement. And there's the dummy standing there. And, and he's a, like, oh shit. 
oh, good one, Tony. And then he's like, let me know when you want to get back to work down there. And then he goes back the way he came. And there's Mac and Tony sitting there. And he's like, what the fuck? So then he g- runs back. The dummy's not there. And the dummy's not there. And he's like, why are you guys fucking with me? And they're like, what are you talking about? So then he shows the film to everybody at the same time. And then they think he's the one fucking with them. But it's really good because if you're watching their reaction, Sarah freaks out and Tony freaks out. And Mac, you can see Mac's taken aback. And Alex just kind of shuts down. Like you can see, that's a really fun moment. Because you get to see all of the characters' reaction to the horror happening. And you can see Tony believes it. Sarah believes it. Mac doesn't want to believe it, but he does. And Alex is just straight up in denial. Yeah. Because Alex is the one who's like, how'd you do it, Paul? That's so good, Paul. Blah, 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 blah. And everybody kind of goes with that because it's the easiest explanation. Yeah. But it's obviously not the right explanation. Obviously not, because, you know, how do you do that? Yeah, no, like, he's like... You don't do that. Yeah, and yeah, is, you don't do that. And the thing is, like, the dummy's head turns, and they made it clear specifically that this specific dummy that showed up at the top of the stairs, its head does not turn. And I do... All. So I love the setup of this movie. Well, It'll have that foreshadowing. But the way they do it is so sly. Like, I, it's very natural. Because they have, like, three clowns in the basement, and they're talking about, oh, that sucks. And he's like, what sucks? And they're like, oh, this dummy's head doesn't turn. And it would be cool to have their heads turn, because then we could, like, make their heads swivel different ways and blah, 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 blah. But we can't do that, because it's this dummy, and it's such a waste, because it's such a cool mask to put on this dumb. And it's just like, you're, yeah. it's like a cool, like, little bit of foreshadowing for later, when yeah. this dummy turns its head, and you're like, oh, geez. So you know it's not the dummy. Yeah, you definitely need to pay attention to the details, like, as they're setting up. And then you'll know, like, oh, crap, that wasn't supposed to happen. What's going on? Yeah, and, and I love that. And it's all very, it seems very natural. And I think all the reactions are natural. Like, Paul gets the shit scared out of him in the flashing lights room. Because there's an, he's like, how many freaks do we have in here? And Tony's like, three. Yeah. And he's counting four. And you're yeah. counting four. And you're like, oh, shit. And so Paul freaks out. And as soon as he gets out of there, he, like, books it. And then throws up. It's, oh my goodness. I feel bad for him because like, you know, like he's seeing something in there and it's like moving towards him. Paul is the one who's the biggest scumbag, but you do feel bad for him because he's not like an unlike, completely unlikable scumbag and he gets the worst of everything. Yeah. So like, um, so like when he gets the worst of everything, you do kind of feel for him because it's like, oh shit, I do feel bad for him. Like, he's an asshole, and, like, he's a pervert, but he's not that, like, he's not that bad. You're yeah. like, he's not, he's not bad enough to deserve that. <laughs> yeah. He at, le- he at least is, like, you know, like, he's, he's a person who's experiencing something horrible and does not know. Yeah. And I think that's, like, whatever is happening, like, we don't know what's going on in this house or what's causing this, but it seems to be giving Paul the worst because it knows it can give him the worst. I also think Paul is the most, like, he's the most vulnerable as far as his testimony. Like, when he disappears, Mac is immediately like, well, that's just Paul. He's an asshole like that. He's just unreliable. And Alex is like, I can't believe he would do this to us again and blah, 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 blah. And Tony's like, that was one time and he did it four years ago. Yeah. And so you're like, it, like it's so crazy because, like, they turn around so fast like that. Yeah. 
And it you, you kind of get the sense that, like, it has something to do with the hotel itself, maybe. Yeah. And I think it does. And, like, Sarah's getting up at night and just, like, walking random places and staring at the wall, which is always a great sign. And just, oh, like, yeah. cool stuff like that. But, it, like I said, the effects in this movie are so... There's so very little of them needed because the way the atmosphere and just the characters and the story is set up. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the thing. Like, you hardly ever see Sarah. Like, you also see her being interviewed by these people who are making this documentary because she's the one that wanted to come out and speak out about what happened that night and the events leading up to that night. And so she's, she describes everything to them. And as uh, soon as they get to the, near the end, she's like, okay, I need to get up. I need to take a break. If you, you want to find me, come find me in room 2C. And so they're like, all right, okay. And so, like, the lady that's running the documentary and, like, one of her uh, cameramen, uh, she says, well, let's go to the house today. She's like, what? And she's like, yeah, we'll go during the, ta- the daytime. No one's going to be there during the daytime. She said, We're, we'll go in the morning. It's five in the morning. No one's going to be there. Yeah. Which, probably true. It's a small town. Probably not many people getting up to, to go to work at 5 a.m. Yeah, and probably not that many people going to guard this place anyway. Yeah. Like, especially after what happened. But, like, you know. But anyway, so they go they go out, she leaves, and they're, they're going to leave, and they're like, Okay, so there's a lady staying in 2C. Can you let her know that if she comes asking for us that we left to go somewhere and we'll be right back? And the lady at the front desk is like, we don't have letters for our room numbers. And they're like, what? And she's like, yeah, I can check for you. So she checks and she's like, yeah, no, there's no 2C. And they're like, oh, well, maybe she's just uh, staying here under a different name. Well, no, what happens? Close. Charles has only watched this movie once. He's got to get some grace on that. So they're like, there are no letters on our doors. And... She's like, well, what room is Sarah Hobble staying in then? Because she knows the girl's name. And she's like, "There's, n- I'll check. And she's like, there's no Sarah Hobble staying here. And that kind of weirds Diane, the documentarian, I guess you would call her, out. Yeah. It weirds her out. And she looks to her camera guy. And her camera guy's like, she's probably just staying under a different name. She's like, oh, okay, yeah. And she's like, okay, thank you, bye. And then they go to Hell House. And they break in. Yeah. And then you, they start exploring the place. And as they're exploring the place, you start seeing some stuff that isn't supposed to be there. And then uh, eventually, like, they, they're they like, uh, they want to go down to the basement, but the camera guy's like, yeah, no, fuck that. Sorry, I just dropped my phone. <laughs> that's, that's how much Charles is like, yeah, no, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> even, the, even one of the people that took pictures of the basement, even he was like, yeah, no, fuck that. I'm just going to take some pictures at the top of the stairs. Yeah, that I'm guy. I'm just going to point my camera down there. I don't even want to look down there. I love that guy's testimony because, like, <laughs> he he's so believable. Like, he's just, like, he's, like, the most famous person to go in there after it was closed down again after Hell House. Like, because he's the only one who's been in there since Hell House closed down and they shut the crime scene down. And he goes and he takes pictures. Like Charles said, he's literally just like, fuck that. Takes him, like, looks away, takes him from the side of the door or some shit. Like, just, like, just completely shooting in the dark, man. He said, yeah. I don't want to know what's down there. Just, like, some deep innate uh, instinct telling you, 
every single bone in your body. There's something dangerous down there. You do not want to fuck with the it. The basement is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Which, that's why I want them to go to the basement so bad. That like, basement. I want I want to see what's down there. And what like, we just don't until... <sighs> <sighs> it makes me so mad. I just, that's the one thing that I'm like, I'm one of those people I can't have unsolved mysteries. Yeah. Like, I, I, I can in some respects, but like, this that is... one is like, I, I want, I, you've been making a big deal about this fucking basement. You better show, like, this is the loaded gun I want you to shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> You can't just tell me there's a loaded gun in this room, not shoot at me, man. Seriously. But anyway, um, so they, at first they were going to go to the basement, but then the camera guy's like, yeah, no, fuck that. Let's not go there. We can go into the attic, but not in the basement. <laughs> he said we can go to that place where everybody gets hung or whatever, but it's, actually it's not even true. Only one guy gets hung there, and I guess yeah. they wouldn't know that at that point. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they go up the steps, and that's where they find a room numbered to see and it's so funny because she's like let's go in and he's like um no we're not doing that and she's the- like yeah we're doing it and he's like no and she he's like we're not here to go to some creepy ass room she's like i am <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny and i was like damn diane you you a boss ass bitch <laughs> and the thing about this room like i've noticed why is the lock on the outside oh yeah yeah, that implies that the original guy uh, who built this place, he had some shit planned. Um, but also, when they open the door, Sarah's in there, so you're like, who the fuck locked the door? Yeah. From the outside, because that doesn't make any sense. They don't even think about that. Yeah. Like, if I were there. up there, I'd be like, why do we have to unlock this door from this side? That makes no physical sense. Yeah. And I would have been like, no, we gotta we gotta fuck off out of here. I wouldn't yeah. have gone in. I would not have gone in either. But anyway, because... Like, if it hadn't... That's the... If it hadn't had the lock on the outside of the door, I would have gone in. Yeah. But because the lock was on the outside of the door, I'd, I would have been like, no, someone's super, here. Super someone's sus. gonna kill us. We need to escape right now. <laughs> yeah, super sus. So, they... Of course, Diane... Unlocks the door from the outside. They see Sarah in there. Sees absolutely nothing wrong with unlocking the door from the outside. Anyway, carry on. But anyway, uh, so they see her. She's just facing the window. And she's like, Sarah, are, are you okay? And Sarah turns and you see like there's like blood and stab marks all over her face. And this whole time. So the whole time she's being interviewed, she just looks like she's like been on meth for like nine years or five years or whatever six years it would be she looks like she's been on meth for six years she just looks completely out of it yeah like she just looks like she's had it rough like she does not look well yeah and then this this, she turns and she looks she's got the blood like charles said and her face looks just absolutely dead and the thing is they're inside the room once they're once because of course their curiosity gets the best of them and then the door closes and locks from the outside and then they turn around and of course there's like Sarah and like several other hooded figures and then they all come at the uh, come at them and then of course the camera the camera video cuts but you can kind of hear the garbled screams of Diane and the cameraman and that's kind of where the movie ends (laughs) yeah um I would say too like it's not just their curiosity that leads them into the room Sarah at this point is familiar to them like they don't think Sarah's creepy because They've been interviewing her for hours at this point. Like, they, yeah. they interview her, like, pretty much from whatever time they meet up in the evening all the way to, like, 5 a.m. Yeah, and they give, and she gives them, like, all these tapes. But the thing is, like, they haven't looked at any of them. They actually have a third 
uh, member of the crew that they were just like, okay, Mitchell, can you just uh, look at all these tapes and <laughs> just catalog them? Let us know what you find. And he actually calls them while the, he, they're over at the house, and she's like, huh, it's Mitchell. I'll call him later. Yep. Like, it's always a bad idea. Oh, my goodness. Like, how do you know he wasn't calling you for your own safety? Like, I would have answered. I would have yeah. answered. Uh, yeah, definitely. Just answer the phone and be like, oh, hey, uh, what was it? And for all he, for all you know, he could have been like, that house is fucked. Get the fuck out. Yeah, and it definitely is like, it's one of those things where it's like, no, the hotel itself is attached to some kind of like... Evil, evil entity. Yeah, and it's implied in this movie that it's like the mouth of hell. Yeah. Um, and then... So in this I, case, many entities. And I think in the third movie... They confirm that. I think that's the storyline of the third movie is, yes, this is the mouth of hell, and this one guy is secretly, like, it's implied he's secretly an angel trying to close the mouth of hell. Um, and at the end of that movie, this is major spoilers for all three movies, so sorry. Um, but at the end of that movie, like, the original five are still stuck in this hotel for their afterlife, basically. Well, that sucks for them. Yeah. And I mean... It's kind of their fault. Like, yeah, they should have left. They like, should have left. They should not have like dumped every single cent they had into this. But of course, you know, Alex did that without anyone else's knowledge or permission. And you kind of feel bad for Mac because, like, during the incident itself, he's the one guiding people out. Mac is a oh, he's just yeah amazing and unfortunately like after he guides a few people like a whole bunch of people out he like tries to go out himself and the door slams on him and of course he's got like a couple of people left in there with him so he's like uh i think there's another way out go that way and then of course uh he runs into sarah and they go up the attic and that's when they find alex yeah I forgot, yeah, I forgot to mention that, I guess. Everybody dies. Yeah, everybody dies. All the, all the Hell House crew members die. Even, like, like, I don't know about the actors in, from the kitchen, because there's scenes of there's actors in the kitchen, there's actors in this area. Outside, there's uh, an actress be, playing the hostess. I don't know about them, but... Because um, apparently it's implied that no one who, everyone who worked for a Hell House, no one got out of there except for Joey... And, like, nine days later, he hung himself from because of what he saw. And it's super funny, because this is something Charles probably wouldn't catch, because it's only his first watch. I've watched it several times, and at the end of the movie, you see Catatonic Paul finally is, like, doing something, not really much of anything. He's standing in the doorway, and Sarah's relieved, because she just saw Alex die, Mac is dead, Tony's dead in the basement, probably... And then she sees Paul, and that's, like, the last of her friends alive, so she, like, hugs him, and he picks up the camera, and he beats her to death with it. Yeah. And the funniest thing is, if you watch the movie again, at the very beginning of the documentary stuff where they're interviewing Sarah, they ask her, how how are you? Where have you been? And she said, I've just been kind of around, nope. you know, laying low. <laughs> and she's like, well, I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're, um, I'm glad you're, doing well and she goes i'm in a better place now oh sure okay. <laughs> which is so funny because that's always what people say to you when someone dies and they're in a better place now that's what she oh, says i'm in a better place now it's because she's fucking dead she did <laughs> which i like the second time i watched it she said that line and i 
I forgot she had said it, so I just started laughing. I was like, that's so funny. <laughs> that is really funny. Thank you for mentioning that to me, because this is my only my first watch. Yeah, so I would say it's worth a watch, and then it's worth a rewatch because you notice certain other things. It's not like a movie where you notice a new thing every time, but there's stuff like that where it's yeah. like, once you know the twist, you go back through and you look for things, and it's... Very it's, interesting. It's like, oh, 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 yeah, oh. It, uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and then to continue that story, uh, Paul, after he beats her to death with it, uh, he actually ends up killing himself with a glass shard that he finds. And at the beginning of the movie, they do mention like this cop walks in. The first cop that walked in saw a member of Hell House, and they were dead. And it looks like they killed themselves. But the thing you don't know is, like, like Sarah, after she's beaten in the face, she's, like, bleeding from the face, and she gets dragged off screen. So when Diane and her cameraman come in, there's this big blood smear on the floor and these drag marks. Yeah. And they're kind of like, what's that? And I don't even think you've seen the rest of that, like, that part yet. Like, you've seen that Sarah's moving through the house and stuff. And that's why Mitchell calls them is because they've been interviewing Sarah... Who should Who's be dead. dead. Who is dead. She, she's yeah. confirmed dead, basically. Or part of Hell House, basically. Yeah. She's part of Hell House. And that's kind of what... Um, like, it's kind of like any haunting. You know, you, you die and you become part of the place. But um, it's a little different for them. Because, like, in the third movie... I, so, I didn't see the second movie. I tried to watch it. I it couldn't was, get it was past... That bad. I couldn't get past, like, the first ten minutes. I was like, that acting is too bad. I can't do this. <laughs> but then uh, I did watch the third movie because I was like, maybe the acting that one's better. It is. It's better. Uh, so I watched all of that one. And um, it, it's really interesting because Sarah is basically, like, playing that same part as in this one where she's kind of, like, luring people to their death, basically. Yeah. And not because she's a mean person, it's just she's become part of the mouth of hell now. She's become part of Hell House. Yeah, so basically she's not in control of herself. Maybe. Maybe, possibly. Yeah, I mean, it seems that way. Anyway, yeah. there's not, like, a ton of, like... That's the one thing I do appreciate about this, is there's, like, these implied answers that you can kind of grasp onto... And you're like, that makes the most sense from the information I've been given. But it's never concretely is like, this is definitely this. It's like getting like the frame of the puzzle on the outside. But then like you're trying to find the other pieces of the puzzle. And you're just kind of like, well, I guess that'll work, I guess. <laughs> Charles, what kind of puzzles do you do? <laughs> I'm very concerned. Like, I feel like this is a very complicated like 4D puzzle or something, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Charles said it looks enough like a T-Rex. I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> but yeah, that's Hell House LLC. It came out in 2015. And I I think because it was so good. Like, the first one is really good. The it, best out of the three, for sure. It is really good. Yeah. Um, Shudder went ahead and did the sequel. And then the third one. And um, like I said, the second one... I couldn't get past the first ten minutes. I, I just... I'm surprised they managed to make a third one after the second one, if that's what it sounds like. But... Well, they're documentaries, or they're found footage, so, like, it's super cheap to make them. Yeah. Super cheap to make them. So, like, if you, like, I think Saw, what was Saw's budget? Oh, uh, I don't really know. Actually, that wasn't even found footage. Let's look at Paranormal Activity. Paranormal Activity. 
So taking that as a token example, Paranormal Activity costs $15,000 to make. Guess how much it made at the box office? Uh, I'd say uh, like millions, I'd say. I mean, you're not wrong, but that's <laughs> such an unspecific answer. Uh, okay, uh, let's be more specific. Uh, let's go $5 million. It made a hundred and ninety-three million worldwide. Holy shit! So, and that's basically like, I mean, they're like I said, found footage movies are not like the budget for them is pretty low. It's pretty low, but um, it's also like you have to be careful with them because otherwise you'll end up with something stupid. But even if you do, so long as it makes money, yeah. I mean, even if you made eighty million dollars. Yeah, that's or a even lot. eight million dollars, and you only spent fifteen hundred. Like that's pretty good. Or fifteen grand, I mean. Good return on your investment. Yeah, so that's why a lot of found footage movies get made, and that's why a lot of them are garbage. Um, but this one is not. This one is not. Yeah, this is this is a good gem to to watch. This is a gem. This one because it came out in twenty fifteen. I wasn't really into horror at that time. I think I was just getting into it. And I started with, like, Scream and shit like that. Yeah. So, um, this one I did not hear about or anything like that. It was just very kind of obscure, but I guess. I, uh, but I don't know if it's that way for everybody. Yeah. I don't know if it had lots of marketing or not. I just don't remember anything about it but until yeah. seeing it on Shudder. And then I was like, oh, maybe I'll watch this. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this kicks ass. This is a good one. Yeah. And the whole thing that makes it really interesting is definitely the mystery. Yeah. Like, what the hell happened in that basement, for and, the love of God? And Charles still doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do, because I've seen know. the third one. I didn't. I don't know what happens in the second or third one. Yeah. Like, all I've, all I've watched the, is the first one. Looks like you're going to have to stay up late tonight. Oh, boy. Just wondering about the basement. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't want to be staying up late tonight wondering about the basement, it is on Shudder. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, the third one and the second one. Yeah. All of them are on Shudder. I don't think they would be anywhere else because the second and third one are Shudder exclusives. Yeah. So if you want to find out what happens in the basement, get yourself a Shudder, I guess. <laughs> I'm not even sponsored by Shutter. I just like that service. <laughs> also, that's the place where you find it. Probably you could get a DVD copy of it too from somewhere. Yeah, but but who knows? Yeah, but yeah, what the hell happened in that basement? The basement. The basement. All I know is that Joey the clown booked the fuck out of there. I just that's still like, and like you actually see him book it out of there in the beginning, but you don't know what it's about. <laughs> Like, you just see him run up the steps. And if you think about it, like, he literally just sees this random-ass person and books it out of there. Like, yeah. He doesn't even think... You don't even know who they are. You can't see their face. It's dark down in the basement. It's too dark for you. Yeah. So you're just gonna leave your tied-up co-worker and just vamoose? Yeah. Like, like that could be nothing. That could be a teenager in a costume. Like, that could be no one. It could be nothing. And you just... Bye! But yeah, I'm... Uh, sorry, sorry one of the dogs. dogs throwing things. And another thing is, like, we don't see, we don't know if, like, any of the other people, like, who have been actors who are working for them, have seen or heard anything about this place either. So it's like maybe, maybe yeah. something down there just, like, triggered Joey because he had seen something like that before and he was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, and you they... don't know much about the actors. It's kind of implied, though, that no one goes into the Abaddon. Like, yeah. the locals don't. They don't fuck with that. Yeah. They're like, no. 
And then, like, they see that and these people turn into a haunted house, and they have, like, a huge audience, like, huge line show up. Well, that's the other thing, too, is Hell House is not, like, one particular place and not one particular haunt. It moves. Yeah. So, um... So they probably had, like, some loyal fans, so yeah. they were like, oh, cool, let's go to this place. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many of... Because they talk about the, the bus... To and from the city. No, that's the third one. They talk about will people come from the city. Yeah. And they're like, it's a 45-minute drive, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, no, it'll be fine. People will come, like, blah, blah, blah. So. Yeah. They were right about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the third one, they talk about the bus coming in from the city. Because in the third one, they turn it into, like, Dante's Inferno. Yeah. That, theater. Yeah. Like that a haunted theater attraction. It's weird. Yeah. Like, you... I don't understand how it's supposed to work because you're going through and you're performing. They're performing, but also you're eating, but also you're walking through it like it's a haunted house. Yeah. So it doesn't make much sense. I don't know how that would work, but whatever. Whatever. That's the third one. It's a different animal. But yeah, this is a really good movie. I would suggest watching it. It's got it's got a really tense atmosphere. They did they did this movie justice in the first one and. That was that was pretty good. Everything about it feels really like real and down to earth too, yeah. as far as like the, the acting and stuff. It's not like oh, space aliens come in at this like no. <laughs> no, it's it's not something ridiculous like that. Yeah, it is a fun movie, and I like I said, recommend definitely watch it. It's worth your time, and it's a good Halloween movie. Yeah, know? it is a good Halloween movie. We I were mean, watching this after we had gone to a haunted house attraction ourselves. I so. was like, damn, I should have showed you this movie first. Yeah, because I was like, you know, it'd be really crazy if this haunted house attraction was actually haunted. And Hannah was like, that's literally the plot of Hell House. I said, that's actually a Hell House LLC. And he was like, what's that? And I was like, shit, you've never seen that movie? And he was like, no. And I was like, shit, should have made you watch it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway this has been beware the moon podcast charlie brown 642 you yeah plug your stuff i'm charlie brown 642 i'm a content creator over on rumble you can also follow me on gab uh truth social or gilded uh check out some of our video some of my videos hannah also uh, uh hosts with me on our some of our playthroughs like mystical ninja fucking ninja fucking ninja we're That's going through that. It. I call it fucking ninja. And we're going through Pokemon Stadium, and we went through the original Mario Party on all the maps. Yes, that was a lot of fun. If you ever want to, if you've never seen if original you, Mario Party plays, like just go watch it because it's so fun. Yeah, you can wa- you can watch us be goofy and stupid and just have a whole lot of bad luck. And we always say get shit on Mario. <laughs> That's the motto. Get shit on. Yeah, and. The- <laughs> And the Mystical Ninja is pretty fun too. That game is really weird. So if you want some more like more funny commentary, hit that one up because that one has like us being ridiculously goofy. Um, and then I'm Beware of the Moon podcast. I'm Senior Trash Panda on Xbox, and I'm Senior Trash Panda when I'm on Charles's <laughs> on Charles's Rumble channel. Um, but yeah, that's been Beware of the Moon podcast. Uh, Everybody have a happy Halloween, a safe Halloween, and as always, beware the moon. (laughs) 